Hello and welcome to this first episode of the Predictably Unique podcast series. My name is Simon Haig. We all think we're unique, but in reality, we all suffer to a greater or lesser extent from the same anxieties, fears, and frailties. We're all human. In this rich, probing, and at times challenging podcast series, David Clive Price and I discuss our thoughts on how others can recover from anxiety, addiction, and constant fear by reaching their true selves and living a resilient, fulfilling, and rich life. Thank you, Simon. It, I must say it's a pleasure to uh, be sharing this podcast with you. And uh, to kick off with, I thought I would give a little introduction about myself and about my six steps to well-being. So I published 15 leadership, personal improvement and fiction books and created a global business teaching professionals, executives and business owners how to transform their mental health challenges into a fulfilled lifestyle and a business that impacts millions of people worldwide. But it wasn't always like that. I learned from my own experience with depression and alcohol and not feeling good enough, despite the outward signs of success, that coming back from setbacks and black holes is tough. Mm. But, there's a but, it's possible. Not with quick fixes, but with perseverance, the step-by-step route away from fear and anxiety by having a fulfilled life and a successful business. You can find the real you within your hidden demons, rather than trying to be someone others think you should be. You too can find the resilience to bounce back from adversity and life's challenges. So throughout the chapters of my recent Hidden Demons book, I intersperse six life strategies for leading your life based on the real you, not on the person you think you should be. And each of these six life strategies takes an aspect of the recovery process and illustrates it in some detail. I think that with these six life strategies as your guidance, you can begin to overcome the obstacles that stand in your path and to which we unfortunately often have recourse. You can stop being a victim of circumstances or of being held back by others or what other rational stories we tell ourselves to prevent us from moving forward. So that's a little bit about me and my Hidden Demons book and my six steps to well-being. Now I'd like to introduce Simon who will tell you about his six wonderful principles. Over to you, Simon. Thank you, David. So uh, my name is, as I said before, Simon Haig. I've written three business books. I've created and delivered training and coaching programs. I've attained degrees. I've had an amazing career spanning five countries and numerous industries and various C-suite roles. And I've been honored to meet global CEOs and politicians. I've also made a habit throughout my life of reading many self-help, self-improvement, personal motivation books. But in reflecting during this COVID-19 lockdown period and what has happened to me, and what's happened to me during my life uh, and during these turbulent times, I've reflected deeply on uh, some recovery principles from 12-step programs. These principles guide me today. I'm, like all of us, I'm not perfect, David. I'm human and I make mistakes every day. 
uh, I reached a personal rock bottom in 2009 and, and I chose a life without alcohol so I can experience life in its, you know, its full array. Um, th this period in lockdown has, has really allowed me to reflect back on the magic and the power that's contained within these, uh, these recovery principles. The key steps, the key concepts of willingness, open-mindedness and honesty that are practiced within 12-step programs form a wonderful backdrop for value-driven leadership and a blueprint for a, full life, a life full of growth. So I like to talk about the six wonderful recovery principles. These have raised millions of people out of addiction and they've also given happiness to countless families and to frame the enduring success of some of the greatest leaders and inspirers through time. So, you know, I, I, what I'd like to do in sharing them is, is to try and inspire others to, 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 to work by them to transform their own growth journey. Um, it's really important to move from the constant pursuit of material, status, and financial external growth that's finite anyway, uh, but it's at the expense often of more inwardly fo focused internal growth. And for me, that's really more about true growth. So that just gives me a, a little bit of overview as to me. And so David, I know you, you now like to talk more specifically about your six hidden demons. I think yeah. we're going to address the first one today, and then I'll talk about my first wonderful principle. Yeah, I'm going to look at the six life strategies, um, or the six steps to well-being. Yeah. And the first of those, following your very insightful introduction, um, Simon, is we're going to look at analyzing the stories you tell yourself. Yeah. So unless we engage a professional therapist, it's really, really difficult to find a third party who can help us discover and evaluate the stories from our past that might have an impact on our well-being in the past and in the future. So, so David, who, I mean, if you're going to be referring to somebody around your own stories, who can you confidently or, or, or carefully refer to? Yeah, and discreetly too. Yeah. Well, you can, of course, refer to your friends or your family. But a family member, especially a parent in particular, may have profoundly influenced us from an early age without us fully realizing it. It's likely that we remember slights and disagreements, but we don't remember the actual turning point when something negative turned into an unconscious narrative, something inside. It, that narrative says, this will continue to happen. This is what you deserve. Yeah, that's, that's powerful. So how, I mean, if you were going to explain in simple terms, how can you begin to change? How does that process begin? It's not easy. It's not um, at the drop of a hat. It's not a quick fix. Mm. However, by uncovering these stories and tracing them backwards, slowly, reflectively, looking inwardly, only then can you begin to change or to see the stories for what they are. Perhaps fears, perhaps a source of anxiety, perhaps something that continues to undermine your self-worth without you being aware of it. Yeah, I know, that's, that's, that's powerful. So how do, you, how do you really start to unwrap all this? Well, you have to think what triggers your anxiety or your depression or your stress, that's not easy to answer. 
But one of the ways in is, what have you always told yourself will happen in these circumstances? Our self-stories are often hidden, which makes them more potent and more difficult to challenge. One simple way to get them out into the open is to try to make a short list of the three most powerful stories you have told yourself about your life. And then ask yourself, once you've gone inside, once you have this list, if they still hold true, or whether indeed they ever held true. So does it matter, or what if the answer is yes, or what if the answer is no? Good question. If the answer is yes, then you have something to work with. But if the answer is no, then you already have a platform for change and growth. By writing things down or identifying them as positive or negative, you place them in the past, which is where they belong. The past cannot be changed. The present and future are where you can begin a different story to the one that has perhaps been holding you back. So David, that's very powerful. So analyzing the stories you tell yourself. So what I'd like to do then is, is to go through my first wonderful principle, the principle of recovery, which is taking it easy and being aware. And, and to me, this is you know, really, really important because my natural inclination, as you know, is to rush around and is to, to do this and to do that and take on and take on this and take on that. But I think it's so, so important to take things as sure and steadily as possible. And I, I, I'm doing self-talk here when I say this. Yes, yes, um, yes. Don't rush. Growth is a process. We need to respect, respect that process as much as the outcomes. And I, and I live and I learn this every day. I'm forcing myself to acknowledge this myself. It's so important to mind, as we say here in Ireland, you mind your mind, body, and soul. Look after your yeah. mind, body, and soul. I love the term mind, mind your mind, body, and soul, because you are actually the only version of, of this version of you that you have. So you're precious. Mm. We're all precious to yeah. ourselves and unique to the universe. Yeah. So uh, I think that's, that's a good starting point. So um, minding your mind, body, and soul is, is awareness the key to this? Uh, I, for, me, for me, I think self and situational awareness are particularly important as they help you live more fully in the present. And they also allow you to seize the opportunities that life throws at you. And they also keep you safe. And, you know, just on a more practical terms, when you're not living in that awareness, I, I've experienced this many times in my life that things just whoosh by you and you've missed them. You just miss, miss them, the nuances of life, the beautiful little things that, that are there. But if you're too busy rushing around, you don't notice the birds singing. You don't mo notice the wonderful, yes. you know, look when, when yeah. you're talking to a friend. So it's so important. I like to think of awareness as a house. You know, what's within the house equates to your current level of awareness, allows you to consciously appreciate for you to discover new aspects of yourself, you need to expand your self-awareness. So you need to occasionally step out of your house. You need to go out and explore, see the world, and then take back what you've absorbed, uh, what you now consciously perceive, and take it back to that safe house. So um, I think that house analogy is really important. So in this uh, perception of, of the world, and bringing it back into your own house, um, how important is the way we perceive our world? 
I think for, for me, I think how we perceive the world and our lives very much determines how we live life. I think perception is, is, is nearly, nearly reality, you know, mm. very close to reality. And often, often it is reality. You know, how aware we are of our thoughts, emotions and feelings largely determines how we live uh, and therefore our resultant levels of resilience. Um, and, you know, Gandhi uh, said that a man is but the product of his thoughts, what he thinks he becomes. And for me, that is so, so, so powerful because, you know, our thoughts govern our emotions, our behaviors, and then how we project ourselves in the world and then how we live. So I think how we perceive the world through our thoughts is so important. And if you predominantly think negative thoughts, the chances are you will fall upon reasons to either be negative or even worse, still to fail so i think perception is so so important right so how many of us are examining where we are at that's a good question so i'm not an expert in what's going on in other people's heads <laughs> but you know certainly looking at my own life so many of us don't live a life of awareness or consciously choosing how to perceive what's in front of us and around us instead a lot of a lot of us are, and i'm not judging anybody by saying this a lot of us are passively led by the, by the nose, by furtive, passive thoughts, emotions, and feelings, which are often covert, surreptitious behaviors driven by habits that we don't even know we're doing a lot of the time, which all of that results in a passive life that is determined by events, people, and, and unfortunately, social media, which is a wonderful thing, but it can also lead us by the nose. So yes. when all this transpires, you know, we're effectively handing our lives to forces that we often need not to do so through lack of a central core of awareness. We're ironically passively allowing our own innate power to make ourselves powerless. Um, that sounds very highfalutin, but I think, um, I think examining where we're at is so important. And for a lot of people, you know, they're sleepwalking through life, as I have, bobbing along what I call the oceans of fate, you know. So I think... Exact self-examination, as you say, is so important. Wow. I like the oceans of fate. <laughs> um, yes. But amidst all this passivity, if, as you say, bobbing along on the surface of life and our vulnerability uh, to social media, for example, um, I wonder what can really help us uh, combat this or deal, navigate this um, more successfully. Um, so what about mindfulness, for example? So mindfulness is, is a word that's used a lot. Uh, for me, one of the ways in which we can step out of our house, the house that I mentioned, is, is to return with a higher level of conscious awareness uh, and return with a higher level of conscious awareness is through the development of mindfulness. Uh, whether and, and that, that can mean anything that can mean different things to different people some people meditate heavily some people just you know they just uh, you know they just relax when they're walking they do soft meditation but I think making a conscious decision to be more mindful in all we do is mm. really the essence of awareness uh, it's mm. taking that time out um, so in this way you know through greater self and situational awareness we can become you know, really even more empowered to determine our own path and grow in a more optimal way rather than be forced to randomly react, react to those currents in the oceans of life that I talk about. Yeah. So yeah. I think mindfulness and self-examination and how we perceive the world, they don't come easy to, to us because we, we're busy and we're living in a busy world and, and often they're not 
considered to be the most important tools, you know, particularly in this fast moving, fast reacting social media world. But I think they are, I think this, you know, this period in lockdown, I think has made people realize that they need to really examine these things more richly and more deeply. Yeah. So, yeah. So, 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 so David, I think, I think, you know, I think, I think it's been wonderful chatting with you about, you know, your, your, your principles and, 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 and mine as well. And I think, I think in wrapping up uh, this first episode, and I, I look forward to talking to you on the next, uh, next episodes. Yeah. I think, I think what we've both kind of, I think a summary of what we both discussed is that unhealthy thinking, if it's not thwarted, uh, soon becomes a habit. Uh, and so I would ask the listeners to really determine whether you've examined your automatic habitual thinking, particularly the destructive thoughts that are holding you back, you know, as you were talking about. And if you change the way you think, then you can change how you feel and behave. And uh, would you agree with that? Yes, absolutely. And remember yeah. to, to be aware, to be self-aware, and to uncover those stories that we tell ourselves. Because we don't really recognize them unless something happens to bring them to the fore. Something happens, yeah. perhaps something very dark happens. Yeah. And we realize that there is a story there that you've been telling yourself for a long time. So... I agree I with that. And I think, I think, you know, kind of the flip side is that there's so many of us are unconsciously, and I know, I, I, I know that you have as well, and, and I definitely have, are guided by our own inner fears and inner demons uh, mm. because, you know, we're avoiding our own truths or we don't want to delve into our own stories. So we allow those, those artificial fears and demons drive us rather than actually face up to our own stories. Would, would you agree with that? Yes, and I believe that those stories too, they're not all hidden demons. Some of them have the kernel, have the, the, the seed, the core of our real strengths within them. And if you can, you can uh, somehow hear the, the, the real inner voice of the real you, that is what's going to bring you to a more fulfilled life and abundant business. I think that wraps this episode up perfectly. So I think just to summarize, you know, I think the first episode of this predictably unique podcast, we'd really ask the listener to spend some time and analyze yourself through self-awareness, but, but also don't be too tough on yourself. This is a journey and don't yeah. rush this. This is a wonderful, precious journey. So yeah. David, I really enjoyed that first chat and, and thanks so much. And, and, uh, you know, we have plenty more rich stuff to talk about, but, uh, thank you. Thank you so much, Simon, uh, for all your insights today. And I look forward to sharing the next podcast in the series with you. Perfect. Thanks very much. Bye-bye. Bye now, Simon. Bye-bye.